welcome back for another episode of Clean Tech Talk, where we at Clean Technica interview clean tech leaders from around the world. With topics ranging from electric cars to climate change communication, you can listen to our full podcast series by visiting our website at cleantechnica.com. Today's episode is sponsored by Home Efficiency. Hello, clean tech enthusiasts. My name is Scott Cooney, and my company has done energy and water efficiency retrofits for more than 13,000 homes and small businesses, saving our customers more than $3 million a year on their electric and water bills, while also reducing more than 11 million pounds of carbon pollution per year. Would you like to start offering this type of service in your community and do it for a living, make money? You can. Check out homeefficiency.com for more info. We do flat fee consulting to help you get started with our model, training you, giving the inventory, tools, software, and support you'll need. No royalties, no hidden fees, no sneaky add-ons. You can just get started. Ready to work with your hands and make a difference every day? Do it. Go to homeefficiency.com. Check out. We're here for another episode of Clean Tech Talk. And this week we're talking clean tech and EV news specifically with David Havasi, former Tesla sales sales advisor and delivery expert and all kinds of other things for seven years at Tesla. And Matt Pressman, co-founder of EV Annex, who we is one of our favorite people in the industry. We talk to routinely and offline a lot regarding tennis and cyber truck shirts and things like that. Thank you guys for being here. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Always a pleasure. So just to kick things off, wanted to give lob a question at you. No tennis pun intended, sorry. <laughs> lob, lob, a tennis, lob a question at you about how you see the U.S. market right now. Obviously, up until now, you know, Tesla has been dominating. Now we have several new models arriving, the Ford Mustang Mach-E, the Volkswagen ID4, the Rivian models. How do you see the market now and going forward for the next three to five years? I will start with Matt there. You look ready to answer. Well, yeah, I think I think right now, you know, eight out of 10 vehicles that are sold, electric vehicles are sold in the US are Tesla, right? I think it's 80% currently. So I don't I don't see things changing too much uh, in 2020, maybe 2022, there may be some kind of shifts per se, but I, I, I think it's even going to be the next two to three years still predominantly Tesla. What I do find interesting and fascinating in terms of investor, you know, sort of uh, fodder is that, you know, Wall Street Journal recently did a video, which we featured on our blog, which is pretty cool about uh, investment going into new EVs. And in the US, $10 billion have been invested in Lucid, Canoe, Rivian. I mean, $8 billion of that is really Rivian uh, coming from Ford and coming from Amazon. So in my opinion, I think it's going to be really interesting what the new automakers come out with. Uh, and then in terms of the, the OEMs right now, I'm most excited about the Mach-E, and I haven't seen it yet, and I know you have, Zach, so I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, and just real quick, why do, you, why do you think Tesla will continue to dominate? I just, think, I just think in terms of charging infrastructure at this point, if you want to take road trips and if you have you know, sort of the, the, the range anxiety, which has been the big sort of media message over the last decade has been you buy an electric car you should be scared to travel in your electric car be scared be very scared (laughs) that's been like so prevalent everywhere that new ev buyers are going to really be thinking about how they're going to charge their car and without having infrastructure like tesla has 
fast charging infrastructure that's easy, that's that's ubiquitous, that's everywhere. It's going to take a big leap, leap, of, leap of faith to buy an EV that's not a Tesla. But I think obviously there's going to be people that, 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 that will buy other EVs. But I think in the short term, at least, Tesla will continue to dominate. That's funny. David, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to Tesla's going to take it for a while and for, for a lot of reasons. One, the charging infrastructure, because it's true. A lot of people still, even with Tesla with supercharger network, they quit it. They like, it's like an Oregon trail scenario where, where they, like, they think they're going to, they're going to lose a family member on the way. So like, oh God, it's going to be so perilous. It's like, I've, I've gone across the country several times and it's like the only way I'll go. Like if you gave me a choice and you said it, it, you'd pay for my gasoline, I still would not do it. So, you know, the people in the know who have been de- who've demystified it, it's, it's very pleasurable. It's, it's great to do. Everyone should do it. But it's still this kind of specter that is, that is this, this hump that people have to get over. So that, that is one. And that's an education thing. Man, my, my contacts in the industry, oh, man, Electrify America, I mean, God, I mean, I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you're saying. Let's just, let's just say, let's just say, and I've had a lot of conversations with, with people, with other manufacturers. They're like, Tesla owners don't know what they have when you, when you take a thing Mm. and you plug it into the car and it charges. It's, it's a glorious thing. And making that any more complicated, asking someone to do anything more than that is an, is Everest is asking them. They might as well climb that Everest. They're like, Oh man, like, well, oh, screw it. I'm never buying an electric car again. You know? So, uh, so that is huge. A second thing to kind well, just, of just, back just, on what were you, saying. Okay. Were, were you saying that, that the challenges with electrify America is something you're I couldn't quite they, read they, what they you were. To, yeah. They need to polish that stone. To okay. Make, Cause the, 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 you know, the best process is no process as we know. And so, you know, that's, they, they pound that in your skull with a sledgehammer at Tesla. So th- it's like you take the thing and you put it like that. And that's, that's your responsibility. You don't have to know anything else, you know. And asking anyone else to know anything else, uh, things could go awry. You know, things go south, you know. So you need to keep it super simple. Step one, step two, eat a sandwich and you're done. So that's part one. Part two, it's simple, a, a production volume. It's a matter of production volume. If you look at, uh, you know, what, what, are they, what are they projecting? 40,000 Mach-E a year? 20,000 20, US, 30,000 Europe. Yeah. yeah. So compared to hundreds of thousands, you know, Model 3, Model Y. I mean, so even even if 100% of, of, of Mach-E sales steal from Tesla, it's, it's a fraction, you know, so... And, and that's uh, that's for this alone. that's for this year. It's there's it's not been clear what their target is for 2022 and onward. But even if they increase 100 percent next year, that would be hundred thousand, and that would be like which, forty thousand forty thousand US. Move. Yes. Well, and I was having a, I was having a talk with my 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 dad Matt, as as you may or may not know, he was he was a, an auto engineer at the Big Three for 38 years, and and oh, I was wow. talking to him about the Mach E. He goes, "Well, they tool factories to build at a certain rate." So even to, I mean, you could say, hey, you could, you could, you should increase production by 100%. Really easy sentence to say, but to, <laughs> you have to retool the factory to meet that pace and that supply chain. And that's, and then they have to do the analytics of how sales were that year before they, 
have the 1800 board meetings to ramp production. So all that stuff takes time. Yeah, it's a, and it's a huge thing. And the thing I'm saying is I, I have not seen any statement on what they plan beyond this year. I've got recently, just a couple of days ago, I got reconfirmed from them that the, the, the $50,000 target, um, the 50,000 unit target is for 2021 as announced in 2019. And people have said that's 20,000 US, 30,000 Europe. I didn't get that from Ford from someone else, but I have never seen any statement from Ford about what they expect it to do after 2021. So I'm not really clear what they're... They don't know. <laughs> that's why. I don't think they don't know. And, and Zach, just, just to clarify for, for CARB, right, for the California program, they have to hit, was it 25,000 units sold to sort of not have to buy ZEV credits? So that's sort of the magic compliance number. And I think all the legacy automakers are trying to reach that 25,000 number max. And then that's it for the U.S. So at least in terms of the U.S. market, where, where Tesla owns 80% of the market, if legacy automakers are just trying to hit 25,000 units sold, it's like uh, David said, it's negligible in terms of a fraction of what Tesla is going to sell, especially with the Cybertruck coming. I mean, yeah, so- I recall, I recall yeah. a few years ago when there was the Bolt was being hyped a lot and Elon said like they're going to sell 30,000 a year. Like he said it based on what they had to do, exactly what you just said, what they had to do for Zev credits. And I talked to people at GM who were like, we're serious about this thing. We're pushing it. And I don't know how much of the demand issue that, le- you know, that relates to that. You know, they see it's difficult to sell that many. So they have to discount it a lot. Dealers discount it a lot, which is not good. I, you know, I don't know how much it's a demand versus effort, you know, thing. But, but yeah, it was the same story. And I, yeah, I guess the takeaway is we haven't seen anyone indicate they're going beyond what they have to, right? Well, well and all bets are off when Cybertruck hits. Like, holy God, there, there's, there's going to be nothing like every single one they build for years they're going to be gobbled up and then as you know as they get out on the street more people experience them i mean if tesla doesn't sell us if, if no one makes a reservation at cybertruck again from now like they turn them off no one can order them they'll be building them for years as it is so i mean and 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 the, and the huge difference with tesla is they're like how how much can we drive production as high as possible where these right. other manufacturers are they're thinking about Zeb, you know, the Zeb credit threshold and and they're like, oh, we gotta focus on the Netherlands, you know. I'm you know, I'm so. wearing I'm wearing EV Annex's uh, pink and purple. Uh, here we stand up. Oh cool. Cybertruck plug and play shirt right now. Matt, do you wanna comment on the Cybertruck? Yeah, no, so so obviously we are, we're on the wait list for Cybertruck ourselves. And you know, I mean and and there's been a lot of really great articles about the electric pickup truck market. And obviously the, the F-150 Lightning is a big deal right now. The GM Hummer EV is a big deal. Rivian's uh, R1T is a big deal. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I, that's why I think the new automakers are going to be interesting because they really don't care about reaching those compliance car, not, you know, the carb numbers of 25,000 units sold in the U.S. They really just want to sell as many as they can to stay alive, you know, whereas I think the, the, the major automakers are just sort of looking at that number for the U.S. and then they're, they're shipping, like you say, to Norway and the Netherlands and Europe where their big markets are. And then a lot of times they really ship most heavily to, to, to China, you know, which is where the big EV market really is for them. 
Yeah, and I mean the Europe. You know, we talk about the the European market is so extremely hot because it's basically like California on crack. It's like they. I mean, I don't know what what that means, or but but basically, you know, they required starting last year that automakers sell not advertise, not put models on the market, but they had to move volume or else they were going to get hit with severe penalties. So they sold. So they're selling. So they're like 10% market share in Europe now. So it's, again, it's the same story. It's just, you know, and we had a story from Martin Vinkhausen that, you know, there's a global production supply and demand. It's not US, it's not Europe. There's global production supply and demand. And they're going to sell where they have to sell and where it's easier to sell. And the US is the least easy to sell and the least required to sell. So it's like, you know, the US market remains dominated by Tesla then. But uh, yeah, keep going. Yeah. And there's this, oh, sorry. No, no, I agree. I, I, I completely agree. I just think it's funny when you hear things like, you know, such and such sold out of their, you know, of, of their allotment for the year. What sold out, I think, is really just code for we hit our carb number and <laughs> we're going to ship the rest to Europe and Asia. I mean, it's, it's like, so, you know, what does sold out really mean? I mean, you know, if you're really working hard to try to, you know, I mean, you never hear about that with a, with a gasoline-powered car. You sold out of a certain, you know, number for the year. You just keep selling. I mean, that's your that's your yeah. fifty sold out for the year. No, you just keep. Yeah. It. Unless it's like like a the Ferrari, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, something. Yeah. Matt is holding no punches. Matt is always so nice, and he's like, I don't know what's going on. He's he's got the the fisticuffs out. So true. well. Okay, well, we, we've established that, that narrative, I think. I do want to highlight, focus on what is going well outside of the Tesla on the U.S. market because it is, for me, one of the most exciting stories of the EV industry is that it is arriving. Like, we have really compelling, interesting models. The Mustang Mach-E, which, yeah, I had a week with. I absolutely love that vehicle. I wouldn't buy one over a Model Y, but it's like almost, you know, it's in the range. Like I could totally, totally, totally understand someone buying one over a Model Y or something else because they like the style more, they like the feel more, whatever the service, uh, that traditional thing. I 100% understand and support that. But the other one is the Volkswagen ID4. And I think that's an interesting one because they are not like competing head to head. They're trying to sort of underprice. So the ID4 is coming at a lower price and Volkswagen still has a $7,500 tax credit. And Volkswagen seems to be one of the more aggressive automakers beyond requirements. So what do you, what do you guys want to, what do you have to say about the ID4? Do you think I'm over-enthusiastic buying the Kool-Aid, drinking the Kool-Aid from Volkswagen? Or is it really an interesting, potentially high volume model in the, for the US as well as Europe? And- yeah, well I, well, I think the ID4 is not getting the due it deserves. The press it deserves. I, I think the I think the Maki and the Maki is, is is amazing. You know, I, I was lucky enough to get a little time get a little time with it, and uh, I actually saw one in the, uh, the the parking lot just the other day. I was getting sushi, and there's a white one going opposite way, and I gave like the headlight high five. You know, I, I hit my blinkers twice. You know, like dude, dude. <laughs> I gave. I was like, yeah, and the guy's like totally oblivious. He was like, I'm driving by, like, you know. <laughs> But and then I and I uh, I saw an ID4 on the street. So seeing him in the wild is so exciting, you know. And I I text all my you know the, the people that would care, you know. Oh man, I saw it, you know. It's, it's, they're getting out there, you know. Because even my dad, I had I did it with my parents like two days ago. He's like, he goes, well, they be built. And I'm like, yeah, I saw. I've seen both of them in the wild. So they are. I've out seen there. a couple. I've seen a couple Mustang Machis in the wild near us. They're uh, different colors. Yeah. So there's a few in the area. Yeah, yeah. And so that being said, 
the most compelling thing about the ID4, and I, they should be shouting this from the rooftops, and you've mentioned it a little briefly before, is the value proposition overall is astounding for that car. It, it's, it's an incredible value. Plus, and this is huge, 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 is, and this kind of a, a, a vague, kind of a weird concept, but the $7,500 federal tax credit that you get when you, when you buy an electric vehicle in the United States, you know, up to 200,000 units, as people know. Volkswagen is rolling that into the lease payment, which is huge dollars. That's huge sailing, savings on a monthly payment. Ford apparently is not doing that. The, the dealers are not doing that, which is really lame because they get it. They get that credit from the government. They, they're due for it. So it goes, somebody gets it. So they're kind of pocketing that. It's a little shady. They get it. Tesla. They get it when they're the owner and they lease it. Of course, when they Correct. sell it to the customer, then the customer can get it. But if they're leasing Correct. it, then, then talking, they, then I'm they get about it. Lease. Yes, yes. Tesla just passed it along. Yeah, Tesla passed it along as well, which they should. A lot of manufacturers do that. Do that, and they should do that. It's the right. It's the right thing to do because it's not for the manu- It's not for the dealer to benefit. It's for the consumer. That's the whole point. You know, is to get the consumer, make it more accessible to the consumer. So, and that's interesting there, too, I, because because the lease. I mean, a lot of people can't actually take advantage of a seventy five hundred dollar tax credit because you have to take it all in the first year. You have to have that much point. tax liability. So, a way to get get the benefit of it is to lease, and it's also a way to avoid the high upfront cost. So, it's a really interesting you know option when it's offered, but it's strange. Yeah, that Ford is not. Yeah, and that, and that and if they change that policy or something, I think they should. I don't know. Maybe we'll reach out to Ford and rattle the cage and we'll like, what's up? But uh, it really Ford. I gotta say, really stole a lot of the thunder. They their campaign, their marketing campaign. They did a great job. They like came out of the gate. What I think is, I, I do have to, I do have to troll them really quick though. Their commercial with um, who's that actor? Uh, Ed, Alba Edris Alba, the guy that does the voiceover for the. Yeah. yeah, you know the dude. You know who I'm talking about, right? I don't um, know the commercial. Yeah, I'm not sure what the commercial it's, is. It's, it's, the, it's the Ford Mach-E commercial where it's like driving through the dust. But anyway, it's so funny. The The premise of the commercial, the voiceover is like, true innovation. When you're a leader, you come up with things that no one has ever come out with. Oh, my, <laughs> you have, oh my you God. You have to do it before anybody else because that's what leaders do. And then others follow you. And it's like, and then, and then you innovate even more and people continue to follow you. I was like, this car is a love letter to Tesla. <laughs> you followed, like, like, is this a commercial Ford Tesla and you're showing the Mach-E? You know, like, it, it's kind of like, uh, you this car is the quintessential follower of Tesla. I don't know the lead. Matt, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But anyway. I yeah. totally agree. I totally agree. Before before I had EVNX, you know, my, the business we have now selling parts and accessories for Tesla owners, really, I was ran a boutique advertising agency. And I, I really find that the advertising messaging that, that's coming from other automakers fascinating because a lot of it really is kind of like, questionable like that I, I still i thought the exact same thing when i watched that ford Mach-E commercial you know like of all of all i guess ways to communicate the vehicle why why do it in that way you know it just seemed like you're, you're calling too much attention to the tesla you know everyone's thinking it as you're as they're watching it so yeah we have a love-hate relationship with ford ev efforts for this i mean it's very weird it's strange like they have they have copied tesla more than anyone else which 
I and a lot of others give them credit for because they've said, hey, we're going to swallow our pride, say this works. We're going to try to do similar with the Ford styling. And there's been nice words back and forth between Jim Farley and Elon Musk a couple of times. And then they do this weird trolling and these weird claims that, that make no, that are completely obviously like don't make sense. Like you just said, there's, there's been others similar like that. Like they claim to be, the what was, they had a weird one where they claim to be the only American EV automaker or something in California when California was announcing. And it was like, what? It was like, what are you talking about? You're like literally like in Tesla's backyard. Like what is going on? But I don't know. It's a very strange, I don't know what they're doing consciously and unconsciously, subconsciously. Uh, or like when, like General Motors with the Hummer when they have LeBron, which again, this goes, I mean, this is, it's like why, how much do they pay LeBron James to say like three stupid sentences bazillions of dollars but then he's like the whole premise of that commercial is like it, the premise i'm not saying it verbatim but it's basically like this truck is gonna change the world and it's like a hundred thousand dollars it's not going to change the world yeah. like make it make it forty thousand that's gonna change the world because it's the biggest segment but that is not going that is a niche product and a lot of people said about tesla in the beginning but you know, we all know the economies of scale thing, and that's basically what they're, you know, trying to do. But to say to say that is at this point of the game that a hundred thousand dollar product is is changing the world. It it, it it's not twenty ten. It's not twenty ten. This is like Correct. like have you been absent? That's GM's general marketing approach. It seems with EVs, like we've been missing the past ten years. We just arrived. Like I am one of the biggest Will Ferrell fans. I, you, I don't, you, seriously, I literally one of the best, you know, biggest fans of Will Ferrell. And I hated that ad because it made no sense. It just oh, made yeah, no sense. I love it. As comedy, I liked it. It was fun. No, because but it's hilarious how it made no sense. It was, There's, it was like a non sequitur. It was like one yeah. thing non sequitur. But it was <laughs> like, we're going to we're gonna beat Norway, which is at almost 100% and we're at 2%. But, you know, <laughs> we're going to somehow come and beat them. And how are you going to beat them? Like, what you're supposed to be like, you should be. Anyway, I don't want to go down that road. But I just, their marketing is absurd. And uh, it's too bad they pay someone like Will Ferrell or LeBron James a fortune to advertise a product and then their message is like what <laughs> it's like what did, what are you trying to say anyway yeah, matt, <laughs> matt you, you can offer some you can cool us down with some more commentary on advertising yeah. since you worked in the field it's so funny because it's, it's like what we were saying before about the volkswagen id4 that really is something where it's such a low price point with the 7500 dollars you know uh, tax credit being passed along in the lease where that really is a huge win for the world. I mean, that's that's a really low-priced uh, EV. And, and GM, instead of doing that messaging with the Hummer, should have done that originally with the Bolt, you know, because that was an incredibly low price point on coming in under the Model 3, you know, beating the Model 3 to market. So it's just like, you know, as as a former guy that worked in the branding sort of world, it's just, to me, it's it's just, yeah, it's kind of like, just doesn't make sense a lot of the marketing around it. And I, I kind of, part of me thinks, do they want it not to make sense? You know, do they yeah. really want to anti-sell these cars? And is it just optics? Is it just window dressing, you know, that that they can give to Wall Street? Like, hey, we're doing the electric thing. You know, we're selling 20,000 units. And so, yeah, look at us, you know, whereas it, they're really trying to sell it. You know, that's the that's the sort of, I don't know. That may, maybe I'm being too. Like, no, no, I, you know, I think but, you think about, you think, 
think about their buyers and you know there's they're saying oh yeah i'll get electric eventually when it's time and they see an electric hummer is coming or you know will Ferrell says we're going to destroy norway they're like yeah yeah we'll get on board in a few years too you know it's it's a kind of like placate them like oh yeah we see tesla's arriving we'll, yeah david well, that, well that's the thing like like you're, like you're saying that like volkswagen and they have a legacy of being like the vehicle. I mean, it is like the vehicle of for the people, and and to have a product that's accessible to the general buyer. It's not this pre, you know seen as this premium product or that you know there's something that's out of reach. I mean, like you said, like that is the commercial. That's the car that changes the world. But, but it's 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 very insulting to say that the car is going to change the world and and then advertise it. I mean, you could advertise it like Rob's report or like, you know, some upscale thing, but to say that to everybody, like this car's going to change the world. And then they Google it. And it's a hundred grand. Like it's basically, it's basically GM saying, sorry, you're all poor, everybody. You can't have this awesome thing. And by the way, it, it kind of says electric vehicles are still really too expensive for you, which exactly. is really kind of the, the wrong, the wrong, op, you know, optics for, for the industry. You know, because people are like, oh, like when I, I told you when I used to do Uber and Lyft, the two misperceptions that people had, because I, I was doing it for fun. I dropped my, my kid off at school. I do rush hour, you know, and stuff. And the two misperceptions, I have an all-wheel drive Model 3. People that I know would afford the car would be like, God, I, I, I get a car like this. I, I can't afford something like this. They think it's way more expensive than it is. And one, they thought there's no to charge. And two, they thought is way too expensive. And I'd have to kind of talk them off the cliff and be like, no, it's, this is it. And they'd be like, oh, okay. But I mean, when you have these, you, you have something like the ID4 where. And Jim um, could do it with the Bolt EUV, which is also got similar pricing. It could be a mass market. It could be what the Bolt EV was supposed to be. You know, I don't know, again, their plans, but. They made it front wheel drive. They didn't learn their lesson from the. The EUV. I mean, I want to slam. Yeah, I want to slam my head against the wall. Okay. I mean, you don't put, you don't put, you don't put that, you don't put that much torque to the front wheels. Like, what are you, what are you thinking? Anyway. So, well, expand a little bit on your thought. I mean, this is one of the top, you know, potential top EVs in the market. What, what expand on your thoughts on the EUV? The Bolt. This is the crossover version of the Bolt EV. It's the Bolt EUV. Yeah, you were starting to talk about it. Matt, Matt can also... Okay, I'll do a very short rant on it. You know, I had a Chevy Volt for a while and I loved it. And the first thing I did when I got in, I'd put it on sport and low so I can get the closest thing possible to one pedal driving, but also get the most response from, from the accelerator pedal. So it's like this connection of the driver to the to the car. And that's the magic thing about electric vehicle is the, you know, we call it accelerating at the speed of thought this, this in the, the instant torque, but when you put all the torque to the front wheels and you have low roll resistant tires. And a lot of the time when you're accelerating, you're coming out of a turn or out of an apex or something like that. You're all the weight shifting off, off of those tires. You can't take advantage of the cool thing about electric cars, which is the instant acceleration because the tires can't handle it. There's not enough weight on them because all the weights leading to the back. And then you're sending power to the front. So 
why do that? It, <laughs> it takes the whole point away of having instant torque because then it's you're like driving on eggshells because you're worried about spinning your tires every single time you go around a corner. The, one of the magic about the Tesla is you just it's point and click driving. You point a direction, you hit it, and it's it, it's like on a monorail. You just launch, and there's an entire spin, at least is a min- to a minimum because you know you're putting all the weight in the back with, where you need the, that traction. So you know they didn't learn their lesson on the on the Volt. They didn't learn their lesson on the Bolt, which man, I liquefied those tires in the 15 minutes I was test driving it, and yeah. I wasn't even trying to. Like I was doing traffic circles, and it I, I was it was like eggshells. I was like, and I was like, oh man, I hope I don't hit the accelerator too much because I don't want to liquefy this dude's tires, and I, and I didn't mean to. I was just so used to having that connection with the car. So it's a very weird way to operate the car. And so they come out with this, with, with, with the EUV, and I'll shut up after this sentence. They still didn't learn their lesson. It's front wheel drive, that's all they're thinking. And I digress. It's a good perspective. Matt, you also had a Chevy Volt. So what's your... Yeah, so a lot of people are always like, you know, you're just so pro, you know, you're Tesla bull, you're so pro Tesla, you know, I had a Chevy Volt and I loved it. I absolutely loved that car. It was amazing. And, but I agree. Yeah. There's something about the handling and the, the instant torque and the acceleration. And it's also something that like Tesla really promotes. They don't advertise and there's no traditional advertising, but you just sort of see this in the community that the performance is what really champions Tesla, you know, above their, their competition. And that's what I think is something that should be emphasized in the marketing and branding of these new electric cars from other legacy automakers. The problem is when you do that, are you selling against your own fleet of of internal combustion engine gasoline powered cars? Because if your performance is better with an electric car and you only have one or two, you know, as part of your entire fleet that you're selling, you know, does that create a problem? So I think in some ways, again, it's the same thing. It's are they really putting their best foot forward or are they emphasizing what they probably should be emphasizing to sell the sell more units? So, you know, these are some of the weird sort of like, I think it's just, uh, it's a conundrum for the marketing team. Like how do, how do we play this the right way? So, yeah, well, circling back to the Volkswagen ID4, because some people might ca- call me a Volkswagen stand when they're not attacking me for being a Tesla stand or something. But the ID4, again, is, I find compelling because they have, they, they have enough enough power, enough tech, enough range to be acceptable, to be good enough to, you know, anyone, I think any normal person should be happy with it. And then they, they go for a lower price. So they, they're not trying to compete head to head with Tesla, which is hard to do. They're like, we're going to offer everything you need for a much lower price. If you factor in the tax credit. And, you know, I did a comparison with the Tiguan, Tiguan, Tiguan. I don't know how you pronounce it. The Volkswagen Tiguan. Uh, five-year cost of ownership a while back and then just this week i did with the toyota rav4 which sells 115,000 units a quarter in the u.s and it beat i was surprised it beat the base rav4 and four hybrid rav4s except in like really abs- unusual circumstances scenarios so you really have a vehicle that has everything you need and a low you know cost at that high volume uh, so so what i mean can you guys just speak a little bit more on what you think? Do you think the ID4 is going to be a carb? You know, they're just going to sell what they have to for carb, or do you think they're going to, you know, approach you know Rav4 competition? You know, what do you what do you think? 
Uh, you know, I, it's it's so hard to say. I mean, I think I think Volkswagen has been making so much noise uh, about what they're going to be doing in the electric vehicle space that, you know, they've got to they've got to show and prove now. This is their first their first car that 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 they're really putting forth. And you know, I'd be surprised if they if they sort of half step into this market. I think I think they're gonna I think they're gonna do well. It's a good looking car, from what I've heard. It, it drives great, and you know. Also, the total cost of ownership is amazing. You know, when you factor in that seventy-five hundred dollar uh, tax credit, and it doesn't compete directly with Tesla Model Three because it's it's at a lower sort of overall price point. So, and or the Y because the Y is not even offered on the website as a standard. They just offer the long range, so it's a pretty big gap. Well, before bouncing over to David, just I wanted to emphasize one more thing. I forgot to is the. Uh, I had it and then I forgot it. <laughs> there was one more thing about the ID4. Oh, Volkswagen has a very small share in the US market. It's a very small player in the US market. It's huge in Europe and globally in China. It's huge in the US. It's tiny. So it has this opportunity to like take market share at a big, you know, big way from Toyota, Honda, Honda CRV, etc. So I, I, you know, I have to feel like they have to look at that as an opportunity. But David, go ahead. Yeah, sure. I was actually shocked when I did hear how small Volkswagen's market share was in the United States. Uh, another colleague of mine uh, brought it up a few months ago, and I didn't—I didn't realize that. I thought because you think, oh, the you know second largest automaker, you know by volume globally. So you think, well, U.S. is a huge auto market. You think it'd be huge there. You know, this being the U.S. centric, you know, being American, I think the whole world revolves around us. So uh, I was very shocked to hear that. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's very interesting it's, to bring up a point that 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 the Matt was saying before. It's a it's an interesting. Well, I, I'll answer your question, Zach. Yeah, I I think I think Volkswagen's really serious just for the fact that a lot of my former colleagues at Tesla, of all the automakers that they've moved to, as far as legacy automakers, because a lot of them moved to Rivian. A lot of I know forty six people. <laughs> to Rivian, 46 wow. former Tesla people. That's a lot. The other people, a, t- a ton of Lucid. But when it comes to established legacy OEM, Volkswagen. I can't think of another automaker. I know a couple people know Volvo, Volvo to work on the Polestar program. But by far, Volkswagen got the lion's share of Tesla people. And like I've always said, this is uncharted territory for everybody except one group of people, Tesla people. The only people that have built and sold electric vehicles at scale successfully ever in the history of anything. So, and it's, it's, it's unprecedented. They don't, you don't know how to do it. You could have 40 years in the auto industry and you're, you're dumb as a rock on this topic because you haven't done it, you know? So all these executives, they don't know what they're doing. They, they, they know a certain thing. And like Matt was, was saying earlier, they're, they're in a real pickle because you have, you have legacy supply chain and you have legacy labor and talent. I watched this really interesting documentary last weekend called A Faster Horse. And it was behind the curtain of development of the of the Mustang. And this moment that stood out to me, it was, it was, I think it was the most important moment, not the important moment that they intended, but the important moment to me. One of the engineers said, Well, really, our core our core competency as a company is transmissions and engines. Everything else is subbed out by supplier. So like that's their bread and butter is the manufacturing, is the development and manufacturing of the internal combustion engine. Like that's how they, that all that's where all their core competency is. That's where the talent is. So these companies, 
and then they sub out pretty much everything else, you know? Yeah. One of the, so, one of the yeah. co-founders of Tesla, Mark Tarpening, he used to give a tremendous presentation on exactly that topic like 10 years ago. <laughs> there was one video I used a lot and then it, it disappeared. It got taken down, but he, he said exactly that in, in even more words, but you were going to say something else. Do you want to, before you s- switch to answering my question, did you want to say something else about the ID4 or? The, well, I, I don't really, I don't think I have anything in, Okay. Maybe conjecture to about about the vo- about the volume. I know there's when you talk like what's the the president of Volkswagen? Um, Dice uh, Herbert Dice. Herbert Dice. I, he's legit. He's he's all in. He's been he's been really advocating and really sticking actually really sticking his neck out. There's been case after case after case with him with the other executives in Germany where he is he's sticking to his guns. And so they're really serious. I can't speak to volume because I don't really know off the top of my head their volume projections are. But I think the leadership has the mindset, at least at least that guy. They have had a kind of internal you know, civil war about how fast mm-hmm. to go, basically. So one last topic with three minutes here. We have the, uh, the Saturday Night Live. Elon Musk hosted Saturday Night Live, which I don't recall if any other automakers, CEOs have ever done that. Of course, they haven't. But you know, they got all this press and then all the several legacy automakers and new EV automakers advertised throughout the show and after the show. What do you guys, what do you, and we have to reconvene to talk Rivian, Lucid, because we didn't even really touch them. But what do you guys think about that? Matt, you want to? Yeah, well, you know, coming from that background, you know, working in the advertising uh, industry in New York City, you know, just, just, I mean, the fact that Tesla doesn't do any traditional advertising and, you know, big auto, let's say, you know, GM, Ford, some of these companies are spending two, three billion dollars minimum on, on their ad campaigns, much of it on traditional advertising, like like TV commercials, you know, so here they are throwing all this money at, you know, you know, in the in between the episode, right, you've got so you, the episode is Elon Musk, it's sort of all about SpaceX, Tesla, boring company, all his like sort of, you know, pet projects, Dogecoin, you know, whatever. And then in between, you've got, you know, his competitors in, in those in-between slots are always fast forwarding on their DVR, you know, spending ungodly amounts to just try to get some attention, you know, amongst sort of the Teslarati's uh, clan, you know, so it's just fascinating, crazy, crazy irony, you know? Yeah, David, do you- yeah, exactly. What I, said. I, I think uh, I think it's fascinating how much work those ad ad agencies and, and marketing teams do t- to leverage. And this was it was just like bees to honey. They couldn't resist. They're like, we don't care how much it costs. It's like the ultimate coattail. So in that way, it is fast. It is it is so fascinating to see them try to ride on. They're actually riding on the fame of Elon Musk. To it's kind of like guerrilla marketing in a kind of way, you know. And but also there was it was there was a kind of a it was it was this awesome kind of tribute to Elon. It was almost an honor, you know, that like during that episode, you got to basically see any, every EV that's on the market was represented. And it was cool to see that so many are, you know, and so in that way, it was, it was, it was neat. A shame they have to spend just billions of dollars. And I mean, you were there, you were there in 2012. I mean, the mission is to accelerate EV adoption, the EV transition to EVs and sustainable energy. So, I mean, do you feel like, you know? Yeah. To see it, to see it come to fruition where major networks, they're spending huge money to promote 
electric vehicles, it's, it's a, it's a really coming, it's a, it's it, to have that come to fruition is really, is, is really heartwarming, you know, to, you know, that's the feeling. Great closing words. I'll just, you know, we set up another episode we have to do because it is interesting, you know, Tesla and Elon spent years, you you were part of that years with this guerrilla grassroots marketing to build a movement, to build passion, interest in EVs, build a movement. It's been going on for a long time. And now we're here and the automakers who basically fought that, fought against that, now they have the same challenge to build interest in their EVs. And it's like, you know, they have to they have to do their own guerrilla marketing on the coattails of Elon or or their own, you know, they have to do their own, find their own way to, to reach customers and say, hey, get EVs. They're great. They're awesome. They're doing the same process like 10 years later almost. It's like, it's an interesting thing that you trigger their thought. Closing remarks on the U.S. EV market today in the next three to five years. Closing remarks from both of you. Uh, David, you can go ahead and start. Yeah, my closing remark would be this. You know, for ever since 2012, I've been talking to people about the transition electric vehicles, charging, charging infrastructure, uh, cost of ownership, and and I've done it. And, and all of us know this. And and it's so we get so to us, it's so old hat. We've been talking about it for almost 10 years. What's so funny is the broader conversation. It still needs to be had. like 98% of America. It's like, oh my God, there's still so many people that need to hear this. So that's my closing thought was like, we've just begun. It seems like we've been doing it for so long, but we've just begun. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I think think the only thing I'd add to that is is this fascinating thing is we sort of wound up talking a lot about how the brands, other brands, non-Tesla brands are sort of trying to get out into the marketplace. And I think the interesting thing is it's not about, con- you know, the, the terminology, I guess, in the industry, David, you could probably speak to this, is conquesting, right? Conquesting another, another. Conqu- uh, conquest sales. Yeah, that's, that's what everybody wants. And that, so that's the sort of key industry term, meaning they want to, you know, how do you take sales from another make or model, right? How do you cannibalize their sales to make them your own? And I still feel like there's this weird thing going on where, you know, let's all conquest Tesla from, you know, that's just <laughs> Is this this niche automaker? Right? It's only there like a million plus cars right now. In the meantime, there's millions, millions of cars out there. And and this is the crazy part is that, you know, really what they should be thinking about: how do we conquest our internal combustion engine cars that are you know non not within your own fleet, but but outside of your own fleet? Mm-hmm. I think that's the real conundrum. Again, there's so many. They're in such a pickle, like David said, in so many different ways of having to tackle this new market. And I still feel like it's 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 in the days of like you know when you'd want to watch a movie at home you go to Blockbuster you know and that was sort of like what everybody did, and then all of a sudden Netflix came along right and it just delivered you know first by mail but then eventually you were just streaming video and Blockbuster all of a sudden had to say well what do we do you know and they, and that's the and they really got to figure this out quick and 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 come with a really cohesive smart aggressive strategy so that they don't. You know, they, they don't sort of make some of those mistakes that you've seen other brands do in the past. So in any event, I just think it's a fascinating thing to watch to see how this all unfolds. Yeah, we'll have to tackle that next time. Thank you, guys. Uh, enjoy your day. Thank you for chatting the US EV market. Thank you for listening to Clean Tech Talk. Join us next time to get your electric fix. If 
If you would like to sponsor our podcast, send us an email at accounts at cleantechnica.com. That's A-C-C-O-U-N-T-S at cleantechnica.com. Thanks. Thank you.